0: Sunday, poor, we're back. Second show of the week, taping this on a uh, Thursday night. Big day today, opening day at Saratoga. Uh, some interesting news out of Redskins. Excuse me, can't say that word anymore. But we learned <laughs> We learned today that Jay Gruden is the ultimate players coach, as long as you don't uh, move in on his side piece. And uh, speaking of opening day, the opening day, the opening day, Major League Baseball, cross your fingers, just one week away, and with, uh, with baseball right around the corner, we are going to take a trip in the time machine tonight, we're going to go back to the home run chase of 1961, and revisit the movie, Billy Crystal 61, uh, so let
1: me bring in my cousin Ant, what's going on, what are you drinking? Ah, not too much, you know, just uh, kind of pumped. We got to experience a full Yankee season uh, via 61 in a in a, in a a show where, in a movie where they just kind of complain about the 162 and like the records, what it means now, we would, you know, we'd kill for another 102 games, but you know, uh, it was nice to relive 1961 through the eyes of Billy Crystal. And uh, for tonight, I'm just say I'm polishing off some Chianti. I got a little vino in front of me tonight.
0: Oh, Chianti! All
1: right, yeah. all right. What's his face? Hannibal Lecter over here. All right. Yeah, no fava beans. That's yeah. When we do uh, when we do Sounds of the lambs, I'll be sure to do fava beans and Chianti.
0: All right, perfect. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so I don't know the the first time. I saw I actually saw this movie right when it came out. I think I'm pretty sure I watched it because it came out right on HBO. Yep. Uh yep. on a Saturday night. I'm pretty sure I watched it straight up that night. Uh I don't know. I thought my first reaction to this film was Billy Crystal did a pretty good job. First of all, the casting. Great mm. job.
1: Yeah. Yeah, at least the two main guys. <laughs> The two main guys, of course, yeah. 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 Um,
0: That's Roger like, Maris and
1: Mickey Mantle, yeah. Right. <laughs> Six,
0: 61 and 54, yeah. Yeah. Um, because the way Barry Pepper got it, the way I understood it, and I did, I did limited research, but says so his role in Saving Private Ryan as a sniper guy. Oh, all right. Because right. um, he watched that film, and they did like the close-up of Barry Pepper as a sniper rifle. Yep. And, yeah, he, yeah. and the first thing he saw when he saw his face, like, oh my God, that's Roger Maris, <laughs> and that's right. that's basically how he he got the role. Was that I don't know how well, Thomas right. Jane got got the role, but he he looked pretty much like Mickey Mantle too. So, of the uh, for the top two guys, pretty good job.
1: Whoever yeah, whoever to- gets the credit. You, to- Thomas Jane was. Uh... I mean, he was Mickey Mantle for like the, I mean, I, I never really, when I, when I saw Mickey, he was older. Obviously I don't really know much about him yeah. outside of what I've read and stuff from, uh, when he was playing ball. But I mean, he, he was like everything, he had the voice down and like the mannerisms and, uh, he's just got kind of that, that Mickey Mantle like charm. He had it all there. It was, it, it really was great. Like, I forgot how good he was in this movie till I rewatched it yesterday.
0: Yeah. It was great. He nailed. He
1: nailed it. He nailed it. Yeah,
0: and credit credit to Billy Crystal because he developed a little bit of a friendship with Mickey. I guess towards the end of his, uh, end, of his sure. yeah. end of his life, I was going to say end of his life. And he he had talked to Mickey about wanting to do this film,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and Mickey told him not to sugarcoat it, and which Billy <laughs> which Billy uh, you know told him like, all right. And I think he did a good job. You know, he kind of. Uh, he he brought- he brought you know the whole big persona and larger than life personality of Mickey you
1: know to the screen, but also showed he was a very flawed guy you know yeah the the drinking and just i mean he didn't want his family in living in Jersey, so he didn't have to spend any time with his family just yeah. not really i mean he was he was notorious for being like a bad father and a and a and a drop down drunk but uh I mean yeah this I mean this movie's all about it, how the press kind of covered all that stuff up they would they wouldn't go after Mantle for anything which is crazy you know? to think about nowadays the press actually
0: confiding and, uh you know not yeah. not, not going
1: after uh, a big star and you know, yeah, trying not to trying. take them down <laughs> yeah having I don't know what the word is for it. Not, not, not respect but uh, I mean, like Jordan even got some of that treatment in the '90s, where they just they wouldn't put everything in the paper. To, to I don't know if it's protect the star or, I mean, they know like without without that person. You know, yeah, no, different jobs, time. I'm, I'm not sure. Saying. So yeah, I mean now, yeah, forget about it. I mean, if you saw Mickey Mantle out with the drink in his hand and a broad on the shoulder, it wasn't Mrs. Mantle. Right, and it's gonna be in the paper, and he's gonna be getting divorced in three days. You know.
0: Right, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was a different time back then. That's the only way I, could, I can't even put myself back in that time because it's almost, what, 60 years ago now, Yeah, right? Yep. Um Yeah, I can't, yeah. Even, I can't <laughs> even put myself
1: back in that time to even think about what that was like. It helped, it helped to have Whitey Ford kind of walking around behind you, paying off everybody in his way. Right, right. Whitey <laughs> Ford was almost as Ray Donovan. He was just his fixer, you know? He was just... I was, always, I was always under the impression that – I mean, this doesn't show up in the movie. Maybe it just wasn't part of the 61 or I don't know what. But I was always under the impression that it was the, – the three amigos were Mantle, Whitey Ford, and then later on, Billy Martin. Really? Well, well, Billy like Martin
0: just, was – Billy Martin had already, was already gone by then.
1: Oh, and, okay. So before then. Okay. Yeah. He – oh, yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know. There's no truth to this. I don't know. I'm just speculating but I think Billy Martin was kind of shipped out of town because of that, for that reason. I think,
1: yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I, I have my timeline messed up, but that's exactly yeah. why. I, I mean, yeah. you had those three yeah.
0: guys, two of them, future Hall of Famers, Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford, uh, two mm-hmm. of the best to ever do it. And then there was Billy Martin, no disrespect, but just not quite on that level. So he was kind of collateral damage, kind he of shipped expe- him out of town.
1: He was expendable, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, at least that's the way I interpreted it. Uh, I don't know exactly. Uh, but I know Billy Martin bounced around because Billy Martin was on the 50s teams that won.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: um, after that, he bounced around to a bunch of different teams. I, I, I assume it was for that reason. He was kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, uh, I, think,
1: I think I've read that at some point that, that that's kind of why he was shipped out. Yeah. It's it was a bad, bad influence.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Whitey and uh, Mick didn't need you know, their arms twisted. But, you know, the amazing <laughs> thing is Whitey's still around.
1: Yeah, he's, he's old.
0: Um, um, <laughs> unbelievable. Because, unbelievable, you know, obviously, Billy Martin tragically ended in Mickey. Obviously, you know what happened with him, with the liver. Mm. And Whitey, nine, 90 years old, still kicking. Yeah, cancer survivor
1: too. Yeah. Yeah, Hey, chairman yeah. of the board. That's it, man. <laughs> There's, uh, I heard this story years ago about the three of those guys, like, had an off day. And uh, they they wanted to go hunting. I don't know exactly where they were, but they wanted to go hunting. So they were just driving around, and they found, like, a, a farm or whatever. And uh, I guess it was probably, maybe it was Billy Martin went up to the front door and, like, knocked. you know, Mickey and Whitey were like, go, go check on, go see if this guy minds that we hunt on his land. So he introduces himself, and he says, you know, I'm Billy Martin. I have Mickey and Whitey with me in the car. We were wondering if you want to, okay, we went hunting, and you're, on your property so the guy says uh oh well you know mr martin it's great to meet you like that's uh yeah be an honor please yeah by all means but can you do me one favor because i have a i have a lame horse out back and i've had her forever and i love her and i can't bring my i need to put her down but i i can't bring myself to put her down but she's got to go because you was you guys because mm-hmm. you guys put her down for me before you go out you know but martin says, yeah no no problem so he goes back to the car where Whitey and uh, Mickey are waiting. And he goes, uh, and they're like, hey, Billy, what's going on? He goes, that son of a bitch wouldn't let me go. He called me a name, told me to get out of his property. Like, Give me, he takes the gun, and he goes, I'm going to go shoot his fucking horse. It <laughs> <He> goes <laughs> back and pops the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's Classic, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's old old... Uh, like I said, an old story of the three amigos. I I don't know where I heard that or when or who told me. but No, yeah. I've actually
0: heard that before, too. Um, that's definitely a story that's been passed down. Who knows if it's true? I'd like to think it is.
1: Yeah, it's a legend yeah, yeah. at this point. Yeah. It's
0: definitely a legend at this point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the so 61 Yankees coming into this season, because I went back and checked it out a little bit. Yep. They were coming off. A loss in the World Series, 1960, which was compared actually down the road to the '01 World Series, because if the Yankees had had pulled out Game Seven in Arizona, uh, the way they were outplayed in that series compared mm-hmm. to the games they lost, it was similar to 1960, where the Yankees blew out the Pirates in the three games they won. Okay, and then the Pirates mm-hmm. won very close games, and the only reason Bill Mazeroski, all due respect to Bill only reason he's in the Hall of Fame is from that walk-off home run. That's it. Over, yeah. over Yogi's head in left field, you know, 1960. Yep. Um, so they're coming off a loss. Uh, Roger Mayer's MVP that year. And I just I went back and looked at the World Series from probably like the previous, oh, I don't know, maybe five, ten years before that. I mean, the Yankees mm-hmm. are in the, the World Series every year. It's, it's, just, it's just insane. And even going forward, obviously, the year we're talking about tonight, 61, they make it, 62, <laughs> uh, and I believe they lose in 63 and 64. It was just an unbelievable uh, dominance of, I-, I would say, 10, 15 years, but even longer than that. You know, 64 yeah, I mean, is kind of when it uh, came to a little bit of a
1: halt. Well, it's, it's amazing how it just, like, it goes from Ruth and Gehrig And then the Maggio kind of, you know, cut goods in there, takes over, and then overlaps with Mantle and and Barra and those guys. And just sustained excellence for so long uh, where they were expected to be there year in and year out. And uh, I mean, now, I mean, you don't see, you'll never see teams like that again. It's just a much different, you know, smaller, smaller league. And uh, not as many rounds in playoffs. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, it's just, it's it's just, but it's still amazing of, of of a, to have that kind of run where it's just you look in the record books and it's just every year. It's Yankees versus these guys, Yankees versus these guys. When you see another team from the AL, it's like a surprise.
0: Right, I was surprised. I think I went back to 1959, I believe, and the White Sox were in the World Series, and I was like, White Sox? (laughs) You know, I think they've lost to the Dodgers that year. You know, and you think of the White Sox back to, excuse me, 19... Nineteen, obviously, with the truest Joe. I think that was the last. That was the last year before that they were in it, and before that, I think it was nineteen. Oh, 17 maybe was that the the curse or whatever they had? Nineteen, eighteen. No, that was Red Sox.
1: No, was, Red, oh, the White Sox. White Sox, yeah. I think, was the year oh, yeah.
0: before that. So,
1: no, nineteen, nineteen was the was the uh, right, but they had scandal. lost that year, obviously.
0: Right, yeah, and then the, the, the last, right, the last time they had actually won was seventeen, I think. Gotcha. So, so, yeah, it was just crazy to see them in uh, 59. And, uh, by the way, the Dodgers, one thing that bothered me about the Dodgers is they started winning after they left Brooklyn. Maybe yeah. maybe because my grandfather was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucking scumbags, you know, wait until they go out to L.A. with Koufax to win. What <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of assholes.
1: Just a little bit of a side note. <laughs> Well, they, they did win one in Brooklyn, right? I mean, they—they—they—they—they always lost, but they won one, right? Right,
0: 1955. That was the first year of the World Series MVP, Johnny Padres. Right. Okay. That was the first yep. year. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they ever named the World Series MVP award. It probably should be named after him because he was the first. Award. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you could probably think of a few guys that it would be named. You know, like Mickey Mantle has the most World Series NBA. I think Frances has actually has actually said this that it should be named after Mantle because he's got the most World Series home runs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he's, sense he's makes got, sense, yeah. I mean Well Mantle's got eighteen home runs. I think there's a few guys like Bernie and Jeter that have more postseason home runs, but the thing Frances always likes to point out is that Mickey's raw in the World <laughs> Series, you know. Being being a mantle guy that he is. Oh
1: yeah, he's uh diehard. <laughs> oh yeah. Um That'd be a nice way to honor Because he, I don't think he ever won World Series MVP himself uh, I don't Believe so He had a few opportunities
0: uh, I know Whitey In 1961 Whitey Won the MVP in the World Series Against the Reds And then the year after that I believe it was Ralph Terry I want to say Another starting pitcher yeah, I just I just uh, pulled the up. It was rough, Terry in sixty two, yeah. Okay, sixty two. And then yeah. Mickey was in a bunch of other World Series. Uh obviously it started in fifty five. Fifty six was Don Larson, I believe. And yeah, so I don't think Mickey ever won one.
1: He won about fifth fifty eight was one of my favorite unknown Yankees, Bob Thurley. Bob Turley, Because of this yeah. run. It hit an amazing it, two and one record, one save and four appearances, one shutout, five earned runs and sixteen in the third, thirteen strikeouts. Nice run from Here, Here's a good trivia. Here's,
0: here's a good trivia question for you. Yeah. There's I believe I'm I'm making this up on the spot, but I think I got this. There's
1: three <laughs> guys
0: who have won multiple World Series MVPs.
1: Three guys. Two pitchers, one hitter. Uh Jeez i have to listen front of me. I'm trying not to look <laughs> uh, oh wow what well, what didn't i'm in the I'm in the two thousands now. was one of them Gibson no he's he only one one uh
0: no Gibson i believe was one. I'm trying to think myself. Oh, yeah shit. Gibson
1: was one um all right, so Bob Gibson, let's see I'll go back and check if in there Gibson yeah, won Gibson Gibson sixty four four yeah. Oh, and Koufax. There Koufax. He is. Colfax.: right yep. And, who, and there's a the hitter?
0: Yes. Very br- brand name. Two different teams. I don't
1: Wait. Brand name hitter of two different teams? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Reggie. Oh yeah, all right. I was thrown off because I was I had a, I should have just shut the computer off instead of looking. I was thrown off because right. I didn't want to cheat and I was just, I was racking my brain and, and you I'm know what, make the excuse.
0: <laughs> you know what the crazy thing about that is, and this is going a little off topic. I mean we're talking baseball, so it's not really off topic. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I think if this is debatable. If, and going back to two thousand one, because obviously it's really left a uh, mark on my brain. <laughs> uh, if if Mo gets the last three outs of that World Series, I think he might become the fourth guy.
1: Uh yeah, I. That's especially that time. closers like, were always in the in the uh, conversation for yeah. it. Right, because Mo won one, Wetland won one. Yes, was just, and, he, and Mo was pitching, you know, multiple inning saves. He wasn't just going in there for one, and, you know, for one three out appearance. You know, and you know what yeah, the crazy Mo- thing is,
0: you know who you know who might be the other guy that wins it if Mo doesn't get it. It's a very good possibility, and this guy Soriana. might be no. I've looked at Soriano's numbers from that World Series. It's questionable, even though he had two huge hits. Game yeah, five, walk yeah. off. Game seven would have been the winner. Yeah. There's one other guy who you might have to give it to, and he might, he might be thought of differently.
1: Oh, oh, geez. On the, on the He's a team. bit of a
0: scumbag, but he might be thought of differently.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a scumbag in the 0-1 team. I, I, don't, I don't,
0: I don't, I don't like the guy.
1: Yeah, I know you don't
0: like the guy. I don't like the guy either. But like, I, I got to give the guy <laughs> credit. He was, he was pretty big in this World Series. Who? Clemens. Oh, okay, yeah. Pitched big and <laughs> pitched big in Game Three when we were down two zero, and then he okay. left. He pitched. I think it was six, seven innings, one run in uh, in Game Seven. I he yeah. it may, he may have gotten it over Mo. Yeah, for a guy some, who was never, can, for a guy who was never considered a big game pitcher, yeah, in two thousand and the, you know the back end of the two thousand postseason and the oh one postseason, he did all right. Just, I mean, he was probably roided up, but fuck,
1: <laughs> but he could have, but they could have got some hardware if they won, <laughs> <Yeah>, right? <laughs> They're all roided up. It doesn't count. It doesn't matter. Everybody's fucking roided up. Everyone was roided up back then. It was just, you know. Bond was that's just a what are ridiculous. <laughs> that's one thing this movie made me think about, and I'm still like kind of mulling it over in my head. Mm-hmm. But first, how like how there's the difference between Mar- like how Maris was received chasing the record and how McGuire's received chasing the record, right? Mm. So it was like McGuire was celebrated for that whole summer. Maris was just brutalized that whole summer. Um, but he's, but since then McGuire's you know lost the record. But even, even thought of retrospect, people think he's a scumbag because he cheated. And then, you know, Bonds, Bonds is the home run champ, you know, season and career-wise. Everybody fucking hates him. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody there, – nobody's held the fucking record and been liked ever. I need the home <laughs> run record. Like, they, Ruth had him, and well, like, no, that was I great. Did, at the time, McGuire was, a, you know – Except yeah, but eventually this everybody turned on him because he's a scumbag. But yeah, yeah, of course at the time, I mean they show in the movie that you know how it's it's this complete opposite of Maris. But then Maris was hated with it. Like when Hank Aaron beat Ruth, I mean, obviously a little different than everybody because of how he used you know with racism and that kind of bullshit as well. So he yes you know, and everybody hated Aaron forever. And from then now Bonds is like has all these records and nobody fucking likes the guy outside of San Francisco. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing, this game that has so much history, and there's so much history ingrained in it, and it's, it, it's just... Everybody just hates everybody. <laughs> there's Nobody is celebrated anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, the steroids
0: have something to do with it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to point out, um, just with the negative attention that uh, chasing the records will get you. You know, obviously... Oh, well, let me throw this at you. Mm-hmm. Do you think if Mantle was the guy, let's say Mantle and Maris are chasing the record, and Mantle is the one who pulls ahead, or let's say Mantle's by himself—forget it, let's say Mantle's by himself. Do you think it's per- it's definitely perceived differently from Yankee fans? You would agree with that? Yeah. Is it yeah. perceived differently? Like at the end of the movie when they show the Orioles manager, I'm not, and I'm not sure if that's accurate. Mm-hmm. how it was perceived. Um, do you think it's, it's different? I think so. Mantle,
1: yeah? I, think Mantle, I think Mantle was liked by everybody in the league. I don't think it was – and Marish just wasn't him. That was the main problem. Just didn't have the personality then. the personality wasn't. personality. He wasn't uh, – I mean, as a ball player, wasn't seen the, the same, he wasn't the same a, level as Mantle. He wasn't a Mantle. superstar.
0: He, he, uh, you know, Mantle was a bona fide superstar player and, and Maris just wasn't that. He was kind of a guy who had a few good years when he went back to back MVPs, which is great. Sixty, sixty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just he wasn't that type. He's not a Hall of Famer. Like I even went back and looked at his numbers. He's really not a Hall of Famer. He had a few good years, but that
1: was it. Yeah, no, for sure. He's, he's definitely borderline at best. And uh, yeah, I think it was. I think if if mantle is chasing it, I think the whole talk about the asterisk is, I think Ooh. is is downplayed. I mean, they talked about it beforehand anyway, but I, th- I don't think it's as prominent. Uh, I think Mrs. Ruth is cheering for him.
0: Mm, I don't know about Mrs. <laughs> Ruth. I don't know about Ford Frick either, man, because he seemed like a real
1: prick. Yeah, Ford Frick had a stick up his ass. He hands. loved. He loved the babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he was buddies with them, right? They said he was his ghostwriter yeah, or something. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, that's the one thing about Maguire. And, like, looking back at Maguire, he was a scumbag cheater. But, like, when Maguire was (laughs) chasing it, Maguire and Sosa, I tried to embrace it only because, you know, I try to live by the cliche records are made to be broken. I try and live by that. And I I understand I got burned by that because Maguire and Sosa ended up to be two, you know, cheaters. But I try not to be, like, a Ford Frick or somebody who's going to root against that.
1: Yeah, it was bittersweet. It was cool. To, it was cool to watch because I mean, it's it's history and it's the home run record And sixty one. Uh, the number sixty one was was held in such high regard that just watching it and watching pursuit of it and the fact that it was McGuire and Sosa and kind of going back and forth and every night in Sports Center, yeah, uh, was was very cool to watch. But I, you know, it's funny. Like in the limo, uh, the very beginning of the movie, the the Maris family is going to uh, to the game. And uh, one of the kids goes, maybe he won't do it. And I always had that in the back of my head, I was like, maybe just maybe it was going through a slump, and you know, <laughs> and it's yeah. not. But you know, there it was the beginning of September. He did it, so I mean, yeah, it was, was not, like not going to happen. Games
0: yeah, the only problem was it was two guys too that were on his heels, so it wasn't even like
1: oh, and Junior too. Yeah, just the forgotten man in the race. Yeah. Right, you oh, Junior, of course. Yeah. Um, what what do you think now? Like if. Next full season, if somebody's if somebody's in the fifties, you know, beginning of September, are, are people gonna are people are people gonna embrace like the chase for sixty? Is sixty still a magic number, even though Bonds has kind of tarnished the record? Like, do we still celebrate sixty as like a like batting four hundred kind of? Uh, that's
0: the thing I can't really answer. I personally would.
1: If yeah, it was a, think, if
0: it was a guy that I knew was on the up and up, yeah. I would embrace uh, him chasing 60 because I think 60 is still a magical number, even with, you know, so I think Sosa hit 60 like three times. McGuire, McGuire hit 60. He obviously hit 70. I think he hit 60-something another time. So, me personally, I would. I hope that other baseball fans would too because I think it is a yeah. magical
1: number. Yeah. I, th- I think if it's, the, if it's the right guy, if it's not somebody who's got question marks behind him, I think that'll be – I think it'll be celebrated. I don't know if it's going to be like you have to see every at bat down the stretch, but I think it'll be like, wow, this guy did 60 and 162. With you know, we think he's as, he's cleaner than anybody that's ever done it since I think they would, Memphis. I think
0: they would, with technology nowadays, I think they would make it a point to uh show every at bat just on MLB network. Oh, it oh,
1: it would be on, but I just don't know. I don't think it'll be the same. Like, I don't know, everything's different now, but. I don't know if it'd be the same where you you would be talking about, you know, if you have fifty-eight home runs in a lot going to the last series. I, I don't know if you'd be talking about like at the water cooler with people. I mean, I know I would be. I know I'd be watching. Yeah, it, anyway, it, but... it
0: depends because maybe baseball isn't quite on that level anymore. So uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, I think sixty will. I think it'll eventually be sixty. So I don't think I don't think anybody's ever going to hit seventy. Yeah, clean. that would be
0: tough. Yeah, that'd be tough so. To do. I, I would love. I would love if someone would chase sixty. It's just. Uh, I mean, you saw last year. Even with the juice baseball, well, who was yeah. the? Who was the? I don't even know who won the home run crown. Pete Alonso hit 50 at 52 maybe. Yeah, and that yeah. was with having a monster season. So it's uh, and now seventy, uh, 70 is unreachable.
1: I mean, but now home runs are so. So I feel like they're a little cheaper now because it's how the game's played or home run or bust, you know what I mean? Like it's strikeouts or home runs now. Yeah. So is it, is it cheaper now just because of how prominent home runs are and you have everybody's hitting dingers? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. A little bit, maybe, I don't know. It's tough to tough to say because you have uh you definitely have that factor where it's home run or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it's tough to say, like there's a whole generation of fans that is, the game's played. I mean, the, let's face it. The game's just played a little differently.
1: Yeah. Nowadays.
0: Yeah. Whereas, you know, you take, look at Ruth. They, they even talk about it in the movie. Ruth, uh, Ford Frick says it. Ruth hit more home runs in 1927 <laughs> than entire, uh, teams in the American league. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, crazy. it's crazy. That's, that's the yeah. argument I always use when people say, I know there's an argument, and I and I understand that I, I, I hear it, that Ruth didn't have to play against black players Sure there was man. a Negro League, and I and I yeah. completely understand that. And I hear it, mm-hmm. but every other white player in the league had the same advantage <laughs> that Ruth
1: had. Yeah, and they w- couldn't even come close. And well, I, I guess you could. I, I guess this is the way you could spin it now is like okay, the guy who has a home run, you know, record for the season now is more competition. Right, so if you, I mean, you got you know, Kyle Schwarber hit th- you know Kyle Schwarber, Freddie Freeman, Glaber Torres, thirty eight dingers last year, and they were in twelfth. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. thirty eight home runs is is a ton of dingers, and then you have you know you have you have one guy in the fifties, you got a bunch of guys in the forties between them, mm-hmm. and it's just like you know maybe you know hitting sixty. and being the only guy to, you know being the guy out hitting all teams is a, is a feat. In itself it's gargantuan it's super it's like it's like a superhero mm-hmm. but now but now it's like you're going up against guys who are i mean everybody's bigger and stronger and everybody's actively trying to hit a home run every time at bat. you know i think maybe now i think now the home run king maybe means even a little bit more yeah se- season to season than them because you, you know it's it's not just it's not just four guys chasing it it's fifth 20 guys, 30 guys. Right. Who who actually, like in the last
0: decade, I wouldn't even know the answer to this. Like who hit the most home runs in a single season? Let's say 10, 15 years. I don't know. Like I said, Pete Alonzo last year at 52, but I'm sure there was guys who got F- up there.
1: 53, yeah. He hit 53 uh, last year? Yeah. Let's see. I've, I don't even know. Anybody hit over 55, you think, since... Uh, Ryan How- Didn't Ryan Howard hit, like, 58 one year? Oh, St- Stanton hit 59 in 2017. <laughs> oh, oh.
0: oh, yeah, that's right. I tried to... The-, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the MVP, I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, R- yeah, Ryan Howard hit 58 in 06. Okay, 58. Yeah, but no hey, one's he-
0: got to that number, though. And I feel like even when Ryan Howard got there, it wasn't as big of a deal. I feel like if someone got there...
1: <laughs> yeah, we may we may just proved our point. My the whole point of celebrating sixty of not really mattering because the Stanton thing happened two years ago. We didn't know, three years ago. We had no idea. Uh,
0: but I feel like that was. I remember watching Stanton's at bats on MLB Network late in the season. Okay, all right, it's better. And, um,
1: pl- and plus, and plus, Stanton was playing in nowhere, and it's like he was. Yeah, man, who the fuck cares about the Marlins seriously,
0: and who the fuck cares <laughs> about Giancarlo Stanton for that matter. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember. Uh, that's funny you say that because I remember watching Stanton's at bats. Um, I, I just, did, he did, I just did, he... did not count on uh, being as invested in him the next last couple of years. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he had like a week on fifty nine, and that was that was the first red flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of okay, let's see.
0: I gotta look okay. I feel like he sat on six on uh fifty nine for a while.
1: All right, I got I got it up here. He had a big August. Long... Yeah, he he had number fifty nine on September 23rd, oh, on twenty third. Or not fifty nine, fifty seven on on the twenty third. Okay. And then he had a two home run day on the twenty eighth, and that was it.
0: And was that his – what was the last day of the season?
1: And then he had three more games after that.
0: Okay, yeah, because I remember tuning in to uh, those last few games to see if he would hit 60. So, see, to me, me personally, it was uh, – I don't know what it would mean to other people, though. But to me, if someone reached 60, that would be pretty <laughs> – that would be big time. All right, Sunday Poor. Uh, talking a little John Carlos Stanton. Let's get off that uh, topic.
1: Get too hostile. Well, plenty of time to be miserable talking about oh, John yeah. Carl Stanton.
0: Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be here next week talking about John Carlo with two guys on and
1: two out in the eight. Um, <laughs> That's big. By the way, next week, we got, it's going to be like from today till next Thursday, it's going to be all to wall baseball. And it's going to be fucking phenomenal, man. I'm pumped up. Tonight, we got the 61 show. Monday, we can talk about, a little bit about the season. We're going to talk about our beloved Pirates and uh, <laughs> Yankees. Let's go, and Joe then,
0: Musgrove. Uh,
1: that's it, man. Yeah, opening day ace right there, and then uh, and then of course Thursday. I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what we're gonna do it. We're gonna kind of start early, you know, when the game's in the sixth, or seventh or eighth or ninth inning or something, or just do a straight post game. I don't know exactly how we're gonna do it, but I'm just I'm pumped just to be thinking about it. So yes, uh, yes, it's gonna, it's gonna be a fucking fun week between now and Thursday, unless. Unless uh, the Yankees can't go to D.C. and they don't have a place to play, and then uh, I did. Did right you? Did you actually?
0: One. I don't want to be a downer, but you did see that that's a possibility.
1: Yeah, just earlier today. I didn't see it. I, I, they're looking at other, other locations and stuff. Not for nothing. I don't, I don't
0: want to really spend too much time on this, but I saw a possibility as like West Palm Beach in Florida. You're, yeah, tell, you're, you're going the wrong Yeah, I mean, just do it at Yankee Stadium. We'll make the Nationals the home team.
1: we yeah, just anywhere. Just do anywhere. Anywhere else? There's no just fans.
0: There's no fans. To, just make Washington have them come up north, man. We're doing yeah. great up here.
1: There's got to be some place between. Have them play at Raven Stadium in New Haven. There, yeah.
0: Any, <laughs> any, yes. Do not go. Do not go to West Palm
1: Beach, man.
0: Come on. That, Virginia,
1: like, no, come north. Yeah, that would be cool. Doing like, I mean, it'd be fucking weird. I get and I just bring on the weird, man. I'm all for the weird. But you just find like random, random ballparks. This was the year they're supposed to play in Field of Dreams, right? right? Out, and isn't, somebody there,
0: Is it, isn't somebody still playing there? Isn't isn't somebody taking the white uh, the Yankees place against the White Good. Sox? Good,
1: fucking great. Do it, man. Do yeah. it. Play play anywhere you can. Have these guys go everywhere. I mean, this will, if this works out. I mean, it'll be talked about for generations about the fucking strangest year ever and how the, you know, the Yankees swept the Nationals and uh, I don't know some fucking. High School Park, but somewhere between D.C. and New York. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just fucking... just Yeah, just don't fucking go to West Palm Beach. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Don't be stupid. That's ridiculous. That's just the dumbest idea. Get us. Get Sunday Poor on the fucking What Do We Do Committee of Major League Baseball. I don't know what it's called. But just <laughs> call us the... What the whenever you guys are lost, just look over at us and be like, what do we do? And we'll figure it out. Because you guys don't have a handle on it. No, they don't. They, yeah. oh, it's a disaster. We'll... This would be this could be such a fun sixty game season plus playoffs with this expanded playoffs. I'm like I'm pumped up for it. I think maybe it's like withdrawals and shit. Yeah, uh, it's definitely part of it. <laughs> I don't think I'd sign up for this willingly, but I mean, here we are, and we're a week away. I mean, don't fuck it up now, man. Don't fuck it up now.
0: Yeah, just, let's just get there. Let's just get there and figure out a way, man. It's gonna be weird. It's not. It's gonna be abnormal. It's gonna be uh, something out of the norm, but just you know. Just hang in there and just embrace. You have to. What else, What other choice do you have?
1: See, season's a season. The games count. The numbers count. No asterisk. Champion's a champion. I don't give a shit if you're the Yankees. I don't give a shit if you're the Mets. I don't give a shit if you're the fucking Pirates. or I, I do give a shit if you're Astros or the Red Sox, but that's not the point. All right. They're not going to win anyway because fuck it is, those teams. It,
0: it, it is. Yeah, it is going to get weird. If the Mets win, I might have to needle them a little bit. Yeah, but well, you know, well, you know, right well, now. you know, only only because you know, if the Yankees were to win, it'll be a huge story. Yeah, be and it'll huge. be, it'll be, yeah, yeah but, you know, but yeah, you, just me, have, all to, the, you just have to take
1: excuse, that, you know. It's to all the teams Don't have 162 games. Like, we well, had a chance at 60, you couldn't fucking do it. So don't fucking come to me crying, all right? Like, don't, you know, don't blame me. That's the season they played,
0: right? I right. hope,
1: I just hope, I hope I'm defending it at the end of the season. I hope I'm the one defending it because I'm gonna, well, yeah, that's what I say too.
0: I'm not going to root against my team. So, I mean, if they're out yeah. there, you may, as well, you may as well win it, right? I mean, it's just – if you're playing the Astros in the LCS, you want to lose to them again? No. <laughs> you yeah. know? Jesus game. Christ.
1: I'm looking at you, Giancarlo. <laughs> together, yeah, man. yeah, right.
0: Right. And uh, I was thinking about Giancarlo. <laughs> I I was because I often think about him. He owns real estate in my head, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> And I was thinking about the mantle Maris dynamic, sure, yeah, and how it relates to uh, the John a little bit of the John Carlo Judge for sure dynamic yeah. today, and yep. especially the um, uh, the Reggie Munson,
1: okay, and and the Jeter a rod. Feudery Rod more than yeah. I mean, A-Rod I think I think, I think people have adopted A Rod. There are Yankee fans who adore A Rod, so I can't. Uh... Yeah, those are like millennial yeah. Yankee fans, though. Yeah, there was a lot of hatred for A Rod. I mean, and... and
0: it's also oh nine. No, I can't, you know, I, if you want to embrace A Rod, I can't kill you because there's oh nine. He was huge. He was the MVP of the
1: playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He's I mean, he a phony a, piece of shit, though. He put up monster numbers as a Yankee. I mean, he did, but I mean, no, he's just not. You know, he did. He was he, just he, like yeah. a, ugh, like a fucking douche. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to dislike. what they were on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which
0: that has nothing to do with Maris. Maris was just almost a wrong place, wrong time guy because yeah. Mantle was just so popular.
1: Yeah. I uh, I was I read a little bit and I got the I the feeling that he was like Maris is really likable in the movie right yeah even though you, even though like you kind of felt bad for him but like, yes, I guess he I was got definitely the, a sympathetic figure and I but I've, I just reading about him a little bit I feel like he had a little more of an edge to him like not that not that they didn't show it in there but like just reading the article about him and like how he was kind of uh, like Rogers Hornsby was manager somewhere at the time and he said you know here or yeah pitch him inside jam inside so his fouls And then Uh throw him him outside so he can't pull it. And he was just like, fuck horns me. (laughs) He's been been trying to do that to me all season. (laughs) So, like, I just feel like there was, was, it was in the movie, but I just feel like it was maybe, you know, real life. I would guess it's probably a little more pronounced. I mean, I I have no idea of knowing. I'm just going by an article from who knows how long ago. Right, right, right. So, Um, hey, do you know how many movies Billy Crystal has directed in his life? Oh god, I don't I would say maybe half dozen.
0: I don't know. Half did and it... half a dozen. <laughs> oh really? That's it. Yeah, he did a few like comedy... He didn't do when Harry met Sally, did he? That was, no, was that Rob no. Reiner?
1: Is it Reiner or, or Barry Levinson? It's one of those guys. Yeah, say it's close enough. Uh no, he he did like a bunch, like some comedy things, but his his movies are and he has one movie in post production right now. Uh... but his movies were Mr. Saturday night. Underrated, I never underrated, saw movie. that. Good, yeah. It's funny. It's about he's a comedian, you know. Yeah, that's not a great movie, but it's fine. I know, I, know I like it. Uh, Forget Paris. All right, that, is that the one where he's a ref? Yeah, Bruno Kirby is in it, and uh, it's a weird Kareem's in it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of there's a lot of. Uh, I think Reggie might be in it. There's a lot of ballplayers in it. Um, and then sixty one, and then whatever this movie is here to here today is in post production. Okay. Um. What is this? I don't... This doesn't seem like anything I want to say. Um, here today is a May-September romantic comedy, but without the romance. Veteran comedy writer Charlie Burns, Crystal, who is slowly but surely losing his grip on reality, befriends a talented young New York street singer, Emma mm-hmm. Page, Tiffany Haddish. Together... They form an unlikely yet hilarious and touching friendship that kicks the generation gap aside and redefines the meaning of love and trust. It sounds like a Woody Allen flick. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's one of his uh I think Tiffany Havish is too old to be in a Woody Allen type. Movie. That's
0: true, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, it does seem like one and of she's, guys,
1: and she, right? She, and she's not old. No, no. Um and Barry Levinson plays himself. Yes. Oh, he does. In it. Okay. Surprisingly. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So then, not a lot. Not a lot. And uh, I lo- just I love how he kind of frames everything in this movie. He Shows like Mantle, like bigger than life. He shows the stadium, which is actually Old Tiger Stadium. Um, right. But he shows like the stadium is bigger than life, uh, and it's, it's really like the movie kind of stops when he does that that stuff like on Mantle, and he comes out for BP in the beginning, and it's. You know, he's The whole... Like, two of my favorite parts of that movie are when Mantle comes up for BP on opening day,
0: mm-hmm. and the whole
1: crowd kind of... Uh, uh, just for him, BP, edge of their seat. Yeah, he and, captures
0: opening day a little bit. I like yeah, that.
1: Yeah. And how then, special uh,
0: that is to fans and, yeah,
1: everyone. That's a great shot, too, how it starts off, where it's Maguire hitting 62, and... Mm-hmm. uh or maybe it's the 61st. I don't know. It's maybe it's the 61st. I forget. I think it's they the 61st. I think they
0: show 61 and then they show...
1: 62 when they come back.
0: Right. The 62 is like in the air and it, it takes you back to, to 1961. I think that's 61 when he hits it, no? No, that, that's 61 they show you. And then when they show down the line, which is the 62nd home run, yeah, that's yeah. the one that they that's show the Ramirez they... is catching in the okay. outfield. Yeah. BP.
1: Which is, which is great. Cause it's McGuire hitting it. Mm-hmm. Maris catching it. And then the Ruth clack right behind him. I mean, it's a beautiful, it's like a perfect mm-hmm. melding, melding of the time. That's everything that's great about baseball right there. Shakespearean the right shot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's everything, the history and uh, just generation and generation. It's awesome. Very, very nice. Of that. And my second favorite is when uh, um, I forget what number of Maris hits. But then Mantle comes up and they're like pissed, at, like the crowd is booing Maris, yeah. And then Shepard, and any part with Shepard is great. Announces Mantle, I think it's a standing ovation, and he's just standing there in the box, and he like calls timeout and just kind of takes it in, and the whole stadium's sharing. <laughs> yeah. And they're and they're like, I've never heard Mantle get a hand like this, and they're like, Well, he's never been the underdog before. And That just shows like how much you just love your guy, you know. It's it's a little bit. Uh, I don't know. In retrospect, you don't like it because it takes away from what Maris was doing. Mm. But I mean, that's that's the feeling that you get when your guy is up there when it's the whole crowd just adores this guy. Um, I mean, he I mean, literally gave his put his body in the line uh, more times than one for that team, and uh, there they just stood up to pick him up. And it's just a great shot. Sounds great. The whole movie just stops just for that one that 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 next manful shot. I love it. Love it. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: you have, uh, and they even talk about it in this film a little bit about how Mantle, throughout the fifties, which is crazy, I think, because they won so much, he mm-hmm. actually got booed a little bit himself. And yeah, I think, well, I think that came down to him probably not living up to the uh, DiMaggio standard, because they even, oh, even talked about it. It, how yeah. he how he didn't. Uh, when he came up, everyone was calling him the next Joe date and and I mean, DiMaggio was as good as Mantle was. DiMaggio was on another level. Just uh, my favorite, my favorite. This is probably my favorite baseball stat ever. Was uh, DiMaggio three hundred and sixty-one home runs, three hundred and sixty-nine strikeouts?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one,
0: no one. I mean, that's just great. You talk about a guy who was an actual power hitter, hit for average, and didn't strike out. Yep. But I think when they refer to that in the movie, they're kind of talking about how the fans are probably were a little hard on him throughout the fifties because he didn't quite live up to Joe Di. Yeah, so I went true, back yeah. I went back and looked at a few of I went back and looked at a few of his uh, years and they were he was a little inconsistent. You know, he actually his probably his best years were probably I think he won the triple crown in fifty six, and I think in nineteen sixty I mean, obviously sixty one he was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what it, uh, what it came down to is they were just, they held him on a pedestal and they wanted him to do so well, you know, but they just, they kind of took it out on him when he did. <laughs>
1: yeah. And Dim- Dimaggio was, uh, like obsessive and he was a perfectionist. Right. And he, he just, he wouldn't let himself do the things that Mantle did, right? He would keep himself in – I mean, if, if DiMaggio was around today, he'd probably still be great because he'd be up with all the workout regimens and he'd be up with the nutritionists yes. and all that kind of shit. Yes. He would He would be locked in just so he could be the best ball player that he could be uh, tomorrow, you know? Uh, Mantle, it just kind of came natural to Mantle, and he had no problem kind of coming in and hung over the next day. If he we went over 5, whatever, he'd go out and hit two home runs the next day. And uh, DiMaggio couldn't stand for that. You know what I mean? Right. I, I wonder if that if that played a factor in their relationship.
0: Because I know Joe D was only there for maybe Mickey's first year when Mickey was, what, 18, 19 years old? Yeah. Probably Right before he really started boozing and, you know, be, becoming Mickey
1: Mantle. Mm-hmm. I think DiMaggio was just mainly a prick. Yeah, mu- you know, I, I'm, sure, DiMaggio, you know? I'm sure. I'm sure he didn't like some young kid coming in and being the next Joe DiMaggio course, he didn't yeah. like. He, he th- resented him for that, and then Mantle, the whole—I mean, the whole story—with how uh, you know he popped his, uh, blew his knee pipe, out, yeah, yeah because DiMaggio waited too long to call him off, uh, and then you couldn't, you know, run into Joe DiMaggio on the fucking outfield as a nineteen-year-old kid, you know? No, nah, I mean it's ter- terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, it's, you, there's a lot of what ifs in Mantle's career. I mean, for a guy who hit 536 home runs. Right, uh, the, the, the and and just about hit two, just about hit three hundred over his career. I mean, you wonder if he did, if he didn't blow at his knee, if he didn't drink all those years, if he took better care of himself, if he had the same uh, seriousness of Demangeo, like how good could he have been? Like what, what would he would, hit, would he have taken down, uh, Ruth's full, you know, big record, the career record, before, <laughs> you know, before Hank Aaron could? You know, it's crazy.
0: It. It's crazy because he only drove in hundred runs four times. Which you would think he did. You think he did that more, and he won the MVP three times. That just shows you how great he was. Um, But yeah, looking at Mantle, it it is a little bit of a what if. But I don't know. I think what what made him what what made him uh, that was so revered by Yankee fans and baseball fans was he did have kind of that everyman quality. Sure. You know, yeah. Showing up. Yeah, we all quick. show up hungover to work. I'm going to do it tomorrow, probably. <laughs> you know, <laughs> might be
1: puking in the bucket tomorrow. Uh, well, I don't know if it's, few- I'm not going to say probably. I'm going to say <laughs> the only re- the only way you don't show up to work hungover tomorrow is if you don't go to work. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, um, but I think
0: that was what he ha- he had that everyman quality, and um, he was just. I think after Joe, Roger coming in almost endeared him more to fans because Roger was kind of an outsider. And we know, like, fans are very fickle, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen, like, I'll give you an example. Mets fans with, like, Beltron, for example, going back a few years. Oh, they still kill the guy. They still kill the guy because he was an outsider who came in from the Royals. Well, from from, the Astros. From the Astros, but he was a Royal before that. Royals and Astros and they kind of endear like, Wright and Reyes a little more. You know, Yankee fans are guilty of that, too. Yeah. You know, with it's, Mantle it's... being the homegrown, you know, young guy coming in. It's just, that, it's just how fans are.
1: Except Beltran was better than Wright and Reyes. Beltran was a million times better than Wright and Reyes. <laughs> any, any
0: Met fan, I mean, who wants to give – I'll give you another guy who was better. Delgado was better than Wright and Reyes in those years, too. Yeah, I can see not liking Delgado, though. Yeah, but he was way better <laughs> in the pig spot than right in Reyes. I mean, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Um, all right, here's one for you. Okay. We go back to 1961, right? <laughs> what is? I mean, we, we they they give you uh, they give you front and center what the re- reporters are like, the media in the in yeah. the locker room. Yep. I mean, th- but think about what is talk radio like back then. I mean, it's just a <laughs> disaster, right? Yeah, Mike
1: and Dog. I mean, just it's crazy. Yeah. You think they're bad now, and like I, they're they're not as bad. I mean, they're still bad, but now players have like a way to kind of hit back, and players have a little more power than they did back then, or a lot more power than they did back then. I mean, obviously now with unions and uh, like social media and just being able to talk out, you know, no matter what, like they have, they they have just so much, so many more ways to come back at you. And yeah, and these guys and these guys still have their moments where the talk radio guys still have moments where they they offend people that the players right back then forget it I mean the, the players have no recourse as you know if you say if you said anything to a reporter back then or it, if you talk back at all you it's gonna bite you right in the ass man yeah they're, um, they're brutal they're brutal <laughs> yeah I mean I
0: I feel like the traditional WFN caller. <laughs> would, uh, would have been, you know, obviously in Mantle's corner and against Maris. This just goes yeah. without saying.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're 100% talking, you know, who, I mean, you saw a lot of it from fans in this movie. Like, you know, who right. is this guy? I didn't even hear about this guy. Like, I never didn't know who the fuck he was. Right, he and was that, a hick you know. from Fargo,
0: which is funny because Mickey was a you know a hick from Oklahoma. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he was their guy. You know, he'd been there yeah. over a decade, so he was their guy. Uh, yeah. One thing, one thing I do like about these, this you know, this movie specifically, and just going back in time to the '60s, mm-hmm. is just the like certain things you would never see today. Like I love Roger smoking cigarettes in the dugout. Oh, and, the know, best yeah. Drinking beer after the game. Like that shit. That you know. I'm not. You shouldn't smoke cigarettes. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with a few beers after the
1: game. I, think, I think they banned beers in the cl- club. Bags. They did because Tony La Russa fell asleep
0: at a red light or something, didn't he? Oh,
1: <laughs> fucking La Russa. La Russa finds ways to ruin baseball in any way he can. Fucking scumbag. <laughs> First
0: the shift. Now you you can't.
1: Can't the have shift, a fucking
0: Budweiser after the,
1: the game. The shift, the bullpens, <laughs> fucking a. This but man. I think that was him, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm blaming him. That's his fault. <laughs> I forgot. That's a reason why. It's, that's too money. That's too yeah, funny. I don't know what year that was in. Uh, it was when
0: he was still managing the Cardinals. So.
1: I, I couldn't uh, find anything about a chair being thrown at Maris, but apparently, it's true. Oh, is it true? Uh, yeah,
0: I, I tried to find that too, and I couldn't find it. I thought maybe they just embellished a little bit.
1: I mean that. I mean that's embellishing a little bit too much if it's not true. It has to be true, right?
0: I uh, I don't know. That's I mean that's crazy. That's a crazy story. If yeah. uh, that happened in Tiger Stadium, was that?
1: I think was that so, a road yeah. game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, I, I love old find Tiger. Anything. I love old Tiger Stadium. By the way.
0: Oh, me too, man. I remember growing up watching games at uh, Tiger Stadium. Cecil
1: Fielder, on yep. the, he used to hit him on the roof.
2: Yeah, hit bombs on the roof, In yeah. the 90s,
0: yeah. And, center, and the- center field, it was like the
1: deepest center field, I think. Yeah, I love that stadium, man. 440, yeah, that was a cool what, stadium. Was, it, was the mezzanine in the outfield, did it hang over the outfield everywhere or just like in right field? Uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm not
0: entirely sure about that.
1: That's fucking cool. I think it might have been one field. It could have been left and right where the Messi kind of came out over the field. Uh, but I think it's it might have just been one right field or or just left field. And I thought that was cool as shit, man. How it hangs over the it hangs over your outfielder just going back. I think that's cool. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's that's, uh, that was uh that's some shit that they don't, they don't think about that kind of stuff, man. Making giving these places any personality like since no character. I don't know what the last one have character was, man. Baltimore. Like the yeah. new, the new ones now are all like have the bells and whistles. You know, is it the one in Arizona? I mean, it's not, it's not a bad park, but I mean, it's just you know, it's right. more about the pool. It's like a new car, field. you
2: know. <laughs> right,
1: too many bells, too many bells and whistles. You got the fucking holograms up on the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: It's like a fucking spaceship. You feel like you're, uh, you feel like you're an astronaut. You're part of NASA. <laughs> Uh yeah well for me personally I because I've been to a couple of the new ones Baltimore and San Francisco I I liked a lot
1: oh San Francisco is nice on, yeah 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 that's I mean, um, not that's
0: not that new anymore no but, well, I mean Baltimore is like the n- mid to early nineties now so it's almost thirty years I old yeah, I want
1: to say it's ninety five yeah yeah
0: I I gave I gave the slight edge I've been the I gave the slight edge to Baltimore and maybe that's an East Coast bias sort of thing.
1: Well, it's got uh, that cool. It's got the warehouse in right field. And I, I, a loop, I am a,
0: I'm a mark for the warehouse,
1: yeah. And it's, and it's got just a little bit – it's got enough, like, historic feel to it, even though it's only 30 years old or whatever. Like, just it's, the
0: area around it, too, is, like, so cool. Oh, uh, it helps, yeah.
1: It's really cool. Yeah. And um, maybe
0: maybe it's a little bit of an anti-West Coast. But, but I, I have nothing bad to say about San Fran either, though. Yeah, it's Um, cool. The
1: water, you hit dingers in in right field, or one guy get a dingers in right field there. Yeah, Um, the new, yeah, the new. uh, I like those. the The one
0: ballpark I would like to get to is Pittsburgh because everyone who talks about the new ballparks, the excuse me, like the modern day ballparks, they always talk about Baltimore, San Fran, and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, check out Pittsburgh. I would would love to check out Pittsburgh, man. Right in the river, it's right next to the. Right next to Heinz Field.
1: Cincinnati's supposed to be nice too. That's a new. That's a new park. Great American. Yeah. yeah
0: there's a, there's a few new ones, but yeah, like uh, like the new Yankee Stadium and like City Field, they're just
1: <sighs> they're not
0: they're not on the level of those places.
1: The city's got like a little bit of charm to it, but it's still it's just like a it's just like a little bit. I don't know what it is. It's 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 not. It's almost the same as like New Yankee Stadium, where it's just it's like a big fucking shopping mall. You get lost in it. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing special. I mean, I, yeah. I like
0: City. City's not bad. It could be because you're comparing it to Shea too. Yeah, Shea, <laughs> was, Shea a dump. was kind of a... Shea. I never <laughs> went to Shea, but I know Shea. Yeah, even like Mets fans I talked to were like, "Yeah, Shea was a dump." They like they like City feel better. You know, Shea.
1: man. When I was uh, the last time I was at Shea, I don't know who they were playing, but I was we were I was 21. I was over. I think I just turned 21, or maybe was it was the summer after I turned 21? And uh, we were drinking in the parking lot, and a couple cops come up to us, and like, we see some ID. And I'm like, fucking, hey, you can see some ID. Like, yeah, of course. Now you can see it. Like, of course. <laughs> you know? I'm waiting for you to ask me to see some ID. So I salt my shawl, I'm like, pumping my chest out. And then I uh, starts writing something. I'm like, what's the problem? I was, you got a ticket for drinking in public. I was like, oh, you scumbag. come back. I'm just, ha- I can't fucking tailgate at Chase Stadium. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I got a fucking ticket in Queens for drinking in public. Oh, that, man, that, I was waiting, that I was waiting
0: for the kicker. I was waiting for it to be a joke.
1: No. Yeah,
0: that's the joke. The Fuck. fucking cops are busting. Because I, I have a similar story to that at Yankee Stadium when we were underage. <laughs> and people came up to us the same sort of thing, like giving us a ticket, but it was a joke. Oh, no. I, think I, I think I was I just had, confusing had, stories, maybe. I
1: had to pay the 110 bucks, or whatever it was. You, <laughs> were you drinking out of a red cup? Nah, I think I had said it can. Like, whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, fuck you, man. I, I, I drink. I do that shit all the time. I've never once been fucking yeah, told. Yeah, you weren't hurting nobody. Give me a warning. Be like, you got to drink out of a cup. Don't just, don't just write the ticket up. You're just like, that's what, hey, you know. Do you remember who the Mets were playing that day? I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, the Brewers, maybe? I don't know. Brew crew, all right. <laughs> we'll run with that. Uh, I think the last time I saw, Met, I think the last time I was at the Mets field was opening day of '09. That was not opening day. Opening oh. opening uh, series of '09 when they opened City Field.
0: Oh, and okay.
1: uh, that was the Brewers because I remember. So Prince, you went to I, City I,
0: Field once.
1: Yeah, that one time. Yeah, me was, too. I've been to City Field once. I was at Prince Prince Fielder. Was Braun was, yeah, Field and yeah, Braun. Bro- yeah, Braun right. was like Braun's like twenty two twenty three, twenty-four probably at that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was before he was uh ruining people's lives or who- <laughs> whoever that guy was. Whose life did he ruin? He ruined uh, the guy in the lab. He said that he fucked shit up which- Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I don't remember. I don't remember the story. I just
1: don't like Ryan Braun. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> All right, I want I wanna uh I wanna run down a couple of the actors with their uh, counter with who they played in the movie. Okay. And just give me a quick grade on how well they portrayed the character. All right. Okay. Uh, so we'll, do, we'll just do Barry Pepper and Thomas Jean versus Maris and Mantle.
0: Well, I, to me, the, the movie doesn't work without them. So I give them an yeah. A. I, they yeah. just... Especially yeah. Barry Pepper. Because I, I heard Crystal talk about him. Because he, he saw him in Save and Private Ryan. And he was just like, that's Roger Maris. That's, that's my Maris. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Right no. then, to see his guy. And he was like, yep, that's him. Yeah, those, those guys both did great jobs. Um, and Tom Shane did a great job. Like, not just looking like Mantle but just the charisma. You know, the yeah, way he carried himself.
1: For sure. It's, it gets harder. It's, gonna go, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I know. It's, it's very top-heavy. Yeah. Um, and this one's hard. This one's gonna be hard to grade because we all we all love this guy, but uh, Anthony Michael Hall is Whitey Ford. <laughs> he's he's alright. But I mean he's not he's nothing like Whitey Ford though. He's no, just um, he's <laughs> probably not Whitey
0: Ford. No, he's no. not on that same level, but he's all right. I give him like a B minus. Okay. All
1: right. Anthony Michael Hall B minus.
0: It's tough because I didn't it's tough. It's tough to grade these guys because I didn't grow up with the 61 Yankees. It's not like if they made a team about the '98 Yankees, then I maybe could,
1: yeah, give a more yeah. of an accurate
0: you know representation. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay, there's. I'm gonna skip over. I'm not doing like Bob Surf, But what about uh, Bruce McGill as Ralph Hauk? Man. Well, man.
0: I I mean I like Bruce McGill. Yeah. An, <laughs> an, animal House. You know. <laughs> uh, he was also in Black Sheep. Bruce huh? McGill. Was he in Black Sheep? He was. He was... I think he was part of the campaign team of
1: the... I could picture him just in many things. I just can't picture him in the actual thing.
0: Yeah, I, I like Bruce McGill a lot. So I'll give uh, I'll give Bruce McGill two thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about Bob Serve. You mentioned Bob Serve. Yeah. He actually was traded mid-season to the Yankees. So I think that was... Um, represented a little inaccurately because oh, he was actually he was on the 1960 Yankee he had like three stints with the Yankees he was on the 1960 Yankees and then he went to i forget who Indians one of them then he got traded back to the Yankees in like huh. may but well, I he- think but I think mantle did end up living with them though he did end I'm pretty sure that part was true, that he did end up living with serve and uh, and Marich.
1: just uh,
0: trying to keep him in line a little
1: bit. Yeah, that'd be a little too weird to put in the movie. It wasn't true.
0: Yeah, watching the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm not, I don't. That's
1: probably embellished. That's probably embellished a little bit. That was just to show how like goody two shoes. Yeah, how, how miserable Mantle was. <laughs> yeah, guy had
0: the guy had the city of New York at his balls, and he's sit, <laughs> sitting there with those two whistling and <laughs> shit. <laughs> All
1: right, what what'd you think about uh, Joe Gravasi as Phil Rizzuto? Not I mean
0: not terrible.
1: Yeah, I thought he was terrible. He I mean as a Phil Rizzuto, I didn't like him as a Rizzuto. He wasn't good he wasn't a good Rizzuto. He gave you the holy cow. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, that your holy cow was just It was on the it was on par with his holy cow. Like not not, it. I mean, I, didn't, I, I didn't think he was that good. <laughs> yeah.
0: About, he was uh, uh he was in I'm pretty sure he was in uh Pope, Grand Village.
1: Uh yeah, it's like a Pope guy.
0: He was uh he was Jimmy the Cheese Man.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, dude <it's... laughs> Cheese he, was a little tough, <laughs> Jimmy. Okay, and he was
0: not just winding his watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the what's the last name? He's like uh, uh not that we never had any tough cheese? Oh shit! I don't know. All right, I'll come back to this at some point. Um, what, what do you think of Michael Nori as Joe D? I I thought that was pretty good,
0: actually. I thought that was pretty good, older Joe D.
1: Yeah, I didn't you, love it.
0: You didn't love it,
1: really? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's because I I, I think it's because I have I have such images of these guys as they are. I thought I just, that was
0: exactly how Joe D would handle himself, just very, like, standoffish. And... Yeah, I,
1: I think maybe I'm going more on, like, the looks and stuff. I don't know. But, like, I just didn't love him. I just didn't love it. It just took me out of it because it didn't – it always did. I watched the movie so many times. I was a kid. I used to watch this movie before, like, baseball games and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, we, like, I put this on or the natural, like, every time before a baseball game. And uh, just to kind of give me you know, something to play in the background while I was uh, getting ready and stuff. And uh, yeah, but like that, that always takes me out of it. These guys all do. That's why. That's why I brought it up. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Like you're not a little more uh, down on these guys. I mean, maybe it might be because it might be because the two guys at the top are so good too. I, I think no the idea. two
0: guys at the top are so good that it makes up for it. Like they
1: just carry oh yeah, it. oh for sure. But but I think that's why I'm harder on the lesser uh, players in the movie. Yeah. Um, and, play, and just not like having an image of DiMaggio, having an image of Rizzuto. And having image of well, this guy, uh, yeah.
0: I mean, you're not gonna imagine somebody playing Jeter down the yeah, road. You're no, not. I you're mean, not gonna. Yeah. You're never gonna love that. Well,
1: you better hope that somebody because that's Jeter's the mantle. So somebody better be able to play Jeter. And you, I and mean, if you thought Maris was uh, boring with his interviews, you should see some of Jeter's interviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeter was. She, Jeter tried to be as boring
0: as possible for sure.
1: <laughs> what did you think about Paul Borghese as Yogi Berra? Yeah, he
0: wasn't great. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I'll be honest about that. He wasn't. He, he didn't. He didn't. And they didn't, even, they didn't even show him really hit. Like it was, which made me think like that guy yeah. probably had no ability yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> he was just there for he, Yogi. Was just comedic relief in the movie. That's all. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: He just threw what, in his
0: Yogi Yogiisms and called it a day. What did you think of Joe Buck as Joe Buck? Listen, Joe Buck, <laughs> down the line. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> um, Joe Buck is what he is, man. He's just—I <laughs> try, <laughs> I try, I try and make a case for Joe Buck. You could do a—you hey, could do a lot worse than Joe Buck. <laughs> to me, he's more of a. To me, I give him credit for one thing: he is more of a baseball voice than a football voice. I think he's terrible at football. I can he, I can at least live with him as baseball.
1: Yeah, I don't like him neither. I I don't like his voice. Period. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's just not a likable guy. <laughs> <laughs> he he tries to be. I mean people do like him now. It's weird to me, but I just I can't. I, yeah, I, I, I think he, he's I'll, he's I'll,
0: he's done it. Like he's tried a little too hard to um, human humanize a word. He's trying to like humanize yeah. himself and like go on with the barstool guys, but he's yeah. just not a very.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't like. Do you know, like go to Cornell or something? I don't know. Dart Dartmouth, Dar- 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 Dartmouth or something. Is he an with Ivy League? Paul- guy? Paul Rudd? He went somewhere. No, he's he went from somewhere. he's from
0: uh he's from Saint Louis or Kansas yeah. City where Joe Buck where uh, Paul Rudd is from. I don't know All where he went to school though. I'll get that for you right now. <laughs> Thanks. He went to Indiana University, Bloomington. Oh, it's uh
1: <laughs> It's the Ivy League school of the Midwest. There, all right. Yeah, it's the
0: Ivy League school of Indiana. Yep. <laughs>
1: uh, I will. I will say this: like one thing that I kind of forgotten about in this uh, in this movie that like kind of fired me up was when Shepard when Shepard's voice came over the loudspeaker. like, oh, that's fucking great. Right, because Shepard was
0: still around back then, so I'm sure they had him do the voiceover. Yeah,
1: he was so good. It's just yeah. that's one of those things that you can never duplicate. I got the new guy in the stadium; he's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could just never. It's oh, nothing Paul good. Olden.
0: It's Paul Olden, the new guy. Yeah, I don't know
1: because I just How listened much? to
0: him on a podcast with the Bleacher Creature guys. Really? He, he, yeah, he, yeah. They had him on the. Uh, they had him on. It was pre- it was pretty funny, um, but I think it's Paul Olden. That does the new. Uh, well, we'll know. We'll know. Hopefully, in a few. Uh, I don't know if they're going to let them announce. If they're going to let them announce, guys. But
1: hopefully, in a week. Oh yeah, yeah that's going Yeah, it's going to be all very interesting to see. Yeah. What you? But, oh, well, that last one. I forgot about one. What do you think about Shooter McGavin as Mel Allen? Love it.
0: <laughs> Shooter I, McGavin could do no wrong.
1: I, how I lo- about that? <laughs> It's not how I picture Mel Allen at all, though, and and the problem is, Christian McDonald just looks like Christian McDonald to me, and, and he doesn't yeah, look he anything, doesn't look anything like Mel Allen to me. No, so but he, he doesn't, right? yeah, but he's he's fine though. There, yeah, I, yeah he could do I, no I, wrong. He could do yeah, no wrong. I think he did. I think he did uh,
0: fine enough with the voice, and uh, <laughs> you know, he did, he did, he did put Mickey on the uh, on the shelf, you know, on, for the rest of the season. Sending them to uh, what was, what was the doctor's name? Max Jacobson.
1: And a whack is that? The sixties is a weird time for that kind of stuff, man. Where there's like these weird doc, There's Doctor Feel Good shots and stuff like that, and the B twelve stuff. There's a whole Mad Men episode about it, right? Or this like they lose time because they put these shots in them and they're all hyped up and it's like a mix of vitamins and uh, amphetamines and shit like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 60s is a weird time for that. You know, interesting
0: rewatching this movie and uh, we go we'll take it to the end where Mar- Mantle finally bows out because Mantle has a uh, little bit of a hip infection, thanks to Mel <laughs> Allen, as, as we noted. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we get to game 154 which we had established earlier in the movie. One, game 154 is going to be the cutoff. Anything after that is going to take an asterisk next to it. So Maris enters that game, two behind. He's got 58, record 60. He goes into Baltimore. Old it was before Camden Yards. I forget the name. Memorial Stadium, maybe? Uh, sound, it sounds right, yeah. It does sound right. Um, so he's two behind, and Maris goes deep. Early in the game, third inning, I believe, hit fifty nine. Yep. So now he's one behind. I think his wife's in the crowd. Mrs. Roots in the crowd. And uh, this is the this is the big controversy because at one point he does he does fly out. Um, he does fly out to deep right. I believe wind blowing in, mm-hmm. and the big controversy comes uh, in the ninth inning. They bring in White, uh, White. Here we go, <laughs> Hoyt Wilhelm, <laughs> the knuckleballer. Who you know? Do you know who played Hoyt Wilhelm
1: in this movie? Yeah, no, I don't know who is that.
0: Tom Candiotti. Oh, yeah.
1: I remember Famous that from, knuckleballer. Yeah, I remember. I actually, remember that from uh, like from back in the day. I, I completely forgotten about that. That's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and very intimidating coming in off the out of the bullpen. Very, very. He very was. Bu- very well played by Tom Candiotti. Because <laughs> the manager, I forgot what the manager says. The manager
0: is poor. W- I'd be actually curious to see, because I know they changed managers through uh, midway through the season at Baltimore. I'd be mm-hmm. curious to see if that actual manager, did he actually have something against, whether it was against Maris or if he was just a pro-Ruth guy. I would wonder if that sentiment was throughout the league. It might have been like, fuck this guy. He's not going to break the record against us. True. Um, so it's big controversy because they bring Wilhelm in in the ninth when the Orioles tie the, are, tie, the
1: tie the record. I guess. Right, I'm
0: sorry. right. The Orioles are down two runs, so it's four to two. And it was portrayed in the movie almost like it was uh almost like it was Bush League because I, I always portrayed it as um, like the Orioles were down ten runs, like ten to nothing. Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't really what it was. They were down two. And I went back and looked. And the same thing happened the game before. The uh, the Orioles were down one or two runs in the ninth inning, and they brought Wilhelm in. But Roger Maris was also leading off that inning. So it could have been an anti-Roger Maris thing. But I also saw, like, back previously that weekend, they were playing the Red Sox, the Orioles, and they brought Wilhelm in in a similar situation. <laughs> I think it was just guys just pitched
1: more often those days. Well, I mean, like a knuckleballer is not going to tire his arm out as easy. They got rubber arms. You just put them out there, let them float a few in. And if you get sit around a little bit, you could sit around. Not, yeah. I mean, you, I... get out, you get out of stuff kind of quickly and easily. So,
0: I personally don't have a problem with it. I mean, if you want to break a, a record at Sacred at 60, you got to hit whoever's out there,
1: you know? Yeah, that's fine. I i mean i i could see him i could see the te- his teammates being pissed, but at the end of the day I yeah mean, I have no
0: problem with that the other if team, you chirp other up, te- that's
1: fine the other team's job is to get you out so whatever that that's how they choose to try and do it then
0: let's, yeah, you're trying to keep the lead at two to give yourself a chance that's fine, no problem with that um so yeah then i mean he obviously he he stalls at fifty nine after game one fifty four which, you know, Frick had in his team of cronies or the committee, whoever it was, had established that an asterisk is going to go go next to it. And then he finally uh, – oh, I want to go back, actually. The – I don't know if he hits a home run in this series or not, but the Detroit series,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the series where he – he you know where he, he cuts the ball off and right and flicks it to, uh, flips it yeah. to Mickey? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that cool. was
0: actually a huge series because I went back and looked at the standings. There, they were oh, they... a game ahead of Detroit heading into that series, and I think they swept them and went up four games. And I think that was the team that they—that uh, was like their biggest rival that year. I think so. That was them. It was them and the Tigers that year. And obviously, there's no playoffs, so.
1: Yeah. Was um, was the Tiger series the one where he laid down a bunt? Was, it, if he was playing back on him, or is that before that when he was like slumping or something? It could have the Tigers one was in September,
0: like late in the season. I'm not sure exactly because there was yeah, there was like a, an encounter he had with the media after the game, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had they had a problem with him bunting. Yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure about that. Yeah, I don't know if that was the same series, but yeah, they did lay down a bun because they needed to win a game, and you know push, push to run across, get infield hit, um, just playing against the defense, which, I mean, <laughs> hey, there's going to be a lot of guys calling on the talk radio then saying, you know what, Yankees need more of that. And Mike would be just going, you know, Roger Maris isn't there to lay down bunts. Right. He's there to hit home runs. He's paid to hit home runs. <laughs> right, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, I mean, the Maris' point, man, or, or at least in the movie, you know, that's, all, all that really matters is winning the game. And that's that's always been – Okay, it's not about home runs; it's about runs. How you get them is unimportant. Just right. get them and get right. he he other team.
0: Came, Yeah, he definitely came across as a
1: uh, as a team guy for sure. Yeah, it's a good point, you know, because he's he's the one who's organizing that uh, little powwow when Mickey uh, gets drunk and says, "You know, maybe we should take him <laughs> in to look look after him because uh, we need him. We're not, right? you know." And a part part of it's because here here's an MVP who, I mean, he, he's got a he. I can't imagine MVP today struggling to pay the bills, but I mean that's, <laughs> there was there was some talk about that. Like he he couldn't afford to bring his whole family to New York. He had to share an apartment um, in Queens. You know what I mean? And he couldn't he couldn't bring his family up. But it just those it easier for him to stretch the dollar um, in Kansas City or ever wherever, wherever they were. I think it was Kansas City, right? And and you know, yeah. that's not. And so, for them to get back to World Series, I mean, that's another eight grand that they that they needed. I think Bob Serv even said in the movie, like he needed, eight, he might need to get surgery on his knee. He's going to need yeah. eight grand, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy. The team is not fucking paying for the surgery. <laughs> but I mean, I guess that's the case, right? Yeah, different, different fucking times. Definitely no, uh,
0: definitely different, uh, different economy back then.
1: So sure. yeah, so so I mean, like part part of it might have been looking out for his best interest and looking out for the money, but. Uh, and you know, it's all the more power to him to kinda of get, get out there and make that team as best to, as good of a team as he could. Yeah, and to get I mean, to try and make Mickey as uh as ready for the next game as he could too, without you know, being hung over and shit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and Mickey, you know Mickey was I, Mickey. I, he was uh I wonder I wonder if I wonder if that was best I wonder if it was one of his better seasons because well, Mantle or Mantle Mantle because his guys were looking out for him, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, he said he tried to take the best care of himself. You know, he—I uh, mean, he did what he did. You know, he was still going to be boozing, still womanizing.
1: Uh, but, but you know, he—but uh, he, but he, but he took better care of himself when he went in with those guys,
0: right? And for then, sure, uh, he definitely—he definitely did.
1: Yeah, I don't know because I mean, well, Maris was still there for a few years after that. Yeah, Maris so wasn't was there like, until,
0: man. I think, 64, 65. Maris actually won another champion. He won in 61 and 62 with the Yankees. He won yeah. another one in 67 with the Cardinals. So right. Maris is, uh, I don't know, he wasn't the same player then, but he was three-time champ uh,
1: hey, overall. Good, but, hey, good good players always find, those championship, find roles in those championships. Yeah, teams, man. You know? I always say that, man. You, know? you
0: always... Like uh, David Justice, for example, you know, you just yeah. bring in those guys who have been on championship teams, been on playoff yep. teams, you know, they'll find a way. They'll find a,
1: uh, they'll find a way in the middle of your lineup. Yeah. It's, not, it's, no, it's never a surprise when you see a guy win a championship in one decade and then the next decade he's like, you know, come off a bench for another championship team or, or like a fourth outfielder for a championship team. Like, it's yeah. no surprise that that shit happens.
0: Right, of course. Yeah.
1: Um, um, so, so
0: Maris, he goes on after game 154 when he hits 59. hits number 60 against, against the Orioles again, this time at home, I believe, in uh, another win. So that's number mm-hmm. 60, ties the record. And then he goes in a little bit of a three-game slump. And then uh, this part I actually was a little surprised about. I just learned today. Mm-hmm. Game 162, which I did know when he actually passes the record. Yep. What I didn't know is it came in a one nothing win. Oh, that really? was the only yeah, it was the only run of the game off of Tracy Stallard of the Boston Red Sox. And uh <laughs> some of, this is huh. a little nineteen year old Guinea in right field catches the <laughs> catches <laughs> the home run ball, Sal Durante. <laughs> uh
1: that part I do remember I don't know what Sal Durante looked like, but the guy who played Sal Durante looked exactly like I'd expect Sal Durante to look like. Oh,
0: yeah. That that grease back hair, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Um, And then, you know, at the time, it's just, it's tough because you didn't live through it, but it seemed like his teammates and him and his family, and they just accepted that that. Was the record, even though there was an asterisk next to it, it was almost a sense of accomplishment. Like, yeah, he finally he did it, man. Yeah, got it. He
1: caught Ruth. He did it. Oh, also, the thing, also, in that uh, that article I was reading, he kind of questioned a year before he died, he questioned like what would have his career been like if he never got the record because he was like, he never had fun after that. Like, Mm -hmm. it was never, it was never fun because that 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 whole thing was such a downer to him. I mean, you know, we still said we said he talked he played for another seven eight years after that. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, for to just play to play out your career like that, not having any fun, it kind of sucks, man. Uh but he just kinda of wondering, like if he if he never hit the sixty one, what what would his career have been like, you know? Who knows? Yeah, I mean I don't know if he'd be any better or worse, or whatever, but
0: it's tough to say, like I said, he was a guy that he had maybe two or three career years. Obviously, six, this year, 61 was the year of his life. But the year before, he went 30, 100. The year after that, in 1962, 30, he goes... 30, 100, yeah. Right, so... It's a hell of a run, man. I three years. It is. Run. It's a great three-year stretch. I mean, you try and find me a guy who had a three-year stretch like that. Um. I yeah, I don't know. if If he says it really affected him, then I believe him. Uh, it's it's just one of those things where I think it's a guy who he just had a very good short spurt in his career. Yeah. And uh, he was just like not, you know, he's not in the Hall of Fame, which he probably shouldn't be. He's just, he's in the Hall very good. He was a very good player for a short period of time. That's all I could say about him, you know, without watching him play.
1: But it's yeah, but I mean if it takes it took a toll on them, all that negativity and yeah, you know, sure all that bullshit to deal with. I'm sure it did, yeah. Now I gotta ask you I don't know exactly how I'm gonna phrase this question, but bear with me here. Because this movie a lot has a lot in it about preserving the history of the game, right? We talked about a little bit about the, at the beginning of the show. Um, preserving baseball's history, which I feel like every group of fans that comes along feels like they need to preserve it too. So mm-hmm. Um, that's why that's why like these numbers are important to us that's why 61 is important to us that's why 56 is important to us that's why any kind of record that's out there means something because it's part of the history of a game that we all collectively love right mm-hmm. so they change the schedule from 56 to 6 to 1 to 156 to 162 and then they have to have this, any any record that's broken doesn't count it's its own set of records and then you're shuffling around the record books. I mean, that's the whole idea is that they're going to shuffle around the record books. But I mean, when you do that in 1961, when this one Ford Frick was 117 years old at the time mm-hmm. is saying like, OK, well, now I need to preserve everything that came before this. Everything that happened before this has to be its own thing because it was great and we loved it. And that's what we remember. But it, it, I feel like that does a disservice. I feel like my, my views on this have changed over time, also, but it doesn't, and, may, and even more so, just watch this movie last night. But I feel like doing that kind of shit is a disservice. Why can't we just fucking just, it is, it, the, the the game is what it is right now. Okay. We could have our complaints and our regrets about how it's played, about the strategies, about the shifts, about the, about how you, pro, the new approaches at the plate and shit like that, and uh, all for nothing, and, uh, you know, the, length of the games and that kind of stuff but when it comes to these numbers if we just see a great feat why do we have, like, we're always tearing these guys down and i know it's like i know it's like bonds yeah and uh and i think i think i'm just like resigned to the fact that bonds is going to be in the hall of fame at some point yeah. and and look the, the accomplishments should be i don't know if he i don't know if we need to enshrine him and celebrate him because he's also kind of a dick so i don't know like, i gotta i don't really want to go there and I really don't want to watch his acceptance speech. I don't want to hear he has to say about his long hard struggle to be as good as he was. I really want to fucking hear it because it's going to be disingenuous, right? But like, where where do you think like what is the role of like us as a fan? Um, I, we're not we're not quite the press, but like as like people who are recording shit and people who have people who are professionals at what we're doing right now. Like, what what are their roles? So fans. Media, and then I guess the players. I would say the players have the least role in it because all you got to do is go out and play. Not all they got to do, but what all what their role is to go out and play the game. Like I don't know. If, I don't know how many players are interested in. I would say the majority of players know about history, care about history, but I don't know if they really. I don't know if we need to put the burden of upholding history on their shoulders. I don't know if that makes sense. But so what do you like? What, is are we do we, have to, do we have to protect anything for the history of baseball like is there like what is what is the role of the fan what is the role of like media and then what are the role of the players if anything that makes any fucking all that rambling makes sense i don't to... know
0: that was the most long-winded question could you repeat that please <laughs> 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 all right so um like,
1: give me, or, is, give is, me the is, short is it, version give me the short it, version of it. is is, like, is is it our job to like Protect the past from being offended by the present of the game, or is our job to like,
0: um, make,
1: like it's I, kind of it kind of bothers me because I feel like it we depends. Are,
0: like, what number what number are we protecting that happened in our generation? Like, I like you have you gave yeah you, you have Ford Frick with sixty home runs with
1: Ruth, but what? Well, I mean, it's not really our generation now. It's just it's it's uh the home run it's a home run records it's four oh three i guess it's i mean that that'd be amazing if I'd be hit over four hundred but i mean uh right no no I, I just i don't i mean there's not records that I have in mind, but I'm just like you know this frick I felt like was actively working against the guys who were playing then yeah he was and I, and I feel like that, watching that made me feel like shit like I'm kind of like that. I might be I'm I'm not Ford Frick, but I might be a little I might have a little Frick in me (laughs) where I'm (laughs) where I'm like where I have resentment towards the players of today, which I think is I I think it's the wrong way to approach it. I'm kind of pissed at myself for approaching that way. Like I wish certain things were done differently. I wish there were certain things that were upheld, and I think they'll come back to the like mostly the batting stuff, like how they hit and shit like that. Yeah, but I mean, like I think they'll I think that'll come back at some point they they're going to see, you can't really sustain everybody uppercutting all the time, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, I'm not against uppercutting cause that's, I, I mean, you got to, some people just naturally have uppercuts in their, in their yeah, swings, no, right. but not, it's not for, it's not for everybody. Not everybody has to be swinging for the fences all the time, right? There's nine batters in the lineup. They don't all have to be hitting over the fence. Right. Right. Um, so I just like, I, I guess that maybe, I that's what our, what our role is, but what, like, looking at it through the lens of this movie, what uh, do you do? You view, I don't know, how you watch the game a little bit, or how you process the game and the history of the game through today any differently?
0: Um, watching this movie, no, I don't think so, because, uh, I mean, I've always tried to adjust with the different, uh, aspects of the game. There's a lot of shit. See, this is the, this is the thing when it comes to baseball, with me at least personally. Mm-hmm. No matter what they do, I'm gonna be there. So yeah. I I like I'm gonna complain, I'm gonna bitch and moan about stuff, but I'm gonna be there in the end. So it, like it doesn't matter what I have a problem with or what I complain about or what you know, the just all 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 the bullshit, you know. All the war stats and this, all these new age stats, like th- those are things that I'm still going to be there. So it
1: doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. So that that, that makes sense. Like you feel like you have like a little bit of cachet. Like you have, you're as far as like a baseball fan goes, you're up there. When it, uh, yo, When it
0: comes to being a baseball fan, like I know I'm not going anywhere. So yeah. even if I complain and I just throw my arms up and I'm just like, this isn't what it used to be. You know, this isn't what I grew <laughs> up with. Like, I know that's going to happen. Like, I know those are things I'm going to say. Like, I I can't help it. But they have me. So I'm not... Yeah. When it comes to... Yeah, like, when it comes to baseball and, and uh, football, mm-hmm. like, those are my two main, you know,
1: sports in terms of fandom. So there's nothing... Addictions. Uh, we could call them what they are. Your two main addictions.
0: It is. It, no. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's
0: nothing I could do. What am I going to do? It's, I'm stuck. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I hear you. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. There's nothing I could do. You know, basketball and hockey. I'm not as, I, as huge a fan of anymore. But like baseball and football, I'm. I'm. I'm in. I'm all in.
1: Well, see. Well, the war stuff is bullshit because that's all nerdy numbers, yeah, like, it is. Accounting stuff. I, I'm just about going on the field. Like you want to, you want to like be a point Dexter and crunch those numbers. That's cool, man. And I'm like, war has some value. It is not to me. It is, it's just another number, but it has a little bit of value when you look at it. It's not. To, it's home runs, RBI's, average, run scored, wins. That's what, like, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: I would agree with that. I mean, yeah, with pitch I mean, I I could make a case for wins not being
1: as much, but. No, no. Team wins, not p- not pitching wins. Team wins. Team oh yeah, wins. team yeah. wins. Yeah. I don't, I don't. You know, if it takes you six pitchers nowadays to do it, then so be it. A wins a win. Get get the win. You know. Right. A wins uh, a win. Yeah, I mean, I it's certain things I would like to see them try because it's been done before. I don't see why they can't kind of uh, restore these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my my main gripe with the hitting with the is like. I mean, you're telling kids who are, like, 10 years old uppercut. And, like, now yeah. you have a 10-year-old kid who has no – I mean, when you're 10, there's, like, three kids who could hit it out of the – maybe, like, one kid per team that could hit it out of the park, right? Right, one slugger. Yeah, so, like, why is everybody uppercutting? Like, make make the field – you have 10-year-olds fielding the ball, too. Make those kids field If you, like, pop-ups, they're going to be able to catch <laughs> on, the gr- yeah. on, on the ground with these with these dirt fields and all the rocks everywhere. The ball's going to hop everywhere. Make the fucking kid – Feel it, I don't know. Uh, that's a whole other story, though. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. I think I think I'll be a little bit not softer, but I'll I'll pick my gripes a little more carefully. Because so you don't I have to watch you don't it. want
0: to sound like an old man.
1: I don't want to. I don't. I want to be part of. You know. uh not, yeah, protecting the game, I guess. And preser- preserving it, but not tearing it down, you know?
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: <laughs> Which I think like, for, excuse me, I think like like, Frick and Mrs. Ruth, like they were the ones, they were the old guard right. that didn't want to let go of the past. But the, the one thing is certain, the future is inevitable. Now it's coming.
0: Right, yeah, I understand that.
1: And and like and like uh James Earl Jones said in Field of Dreams, you know, just keeps baseball like history just keeps going on like a freight train. <laughs> yep. Something like that. That was that was paraphrased. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah, that was a deep way to end it there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that being yeah. said, if you like, I gotta want to talk to you if you want to talk war. I don't have anything to do with that.
0: No, nah, it's just, <laughs> come on, it's enough. enough of war.
1: It yeah, is, I don't need I don't, I, don't, I don't. need dorky GMs. I I need the people who do the numbers like that to be like assistants. Okay, I need the right. GM to be a, like a more of a baseball guy. You can like business. You can have like taking some business courses and shit, sure. But I mean, I need I need the guy that GM needs to be a baseball guy first, and a number and use the numbers guys for what they're good at, but don't run the team like it's you're fucking buying stocks. Because right. they're fucking they're ball players, and that has it worked? Yeah, it's worked, but trust me that is not the, that is not the only way to win baseball games. That's, the only, that's not the only way to build a winning baseball team
0: right no I, I mean that's a, I, that, when I met uh Tory with Joe Tory I, that's like the number one question I asked him. that was like four or five years ago whenever that was
1: would you? What'd you ask him?
0: I just asked him, I was like, what do you think? I'm paraphrasing because it was like a long-winded question, but <laughs> I asked him, like, what do you think about these new age uh, stats about how you judge players by their wars and by these stats and uh, not really by, uh, you know, what you see on the field? And he, he basically said, he was like, you know, when I, when I look at these guys – you know, if I have a player, I might look at a matchup pair there. I might look how he does against the lefty, or I might look how, how he does against the righty. But overall, he was like, I, I, I realize that these guys are human beings and that, you know, you know they got a beating heart. So it's like that, that's the way I view them, is how I know them. Like, that's how I don't, I don't look at them just on a chart or on a computer screen. And I was like, uh, I marked out when he when he answered my question. I, I
1: mean, he was probably he
0: was probably just
1: catering to me, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> you kind of knew what you wanted to hear, and he knew what you wanted to hear exactly. I was got. like,
0: perfect, Joe. Great answer. <laughs> I ended the night too. I I was like the last question I I, uh, I think they asked.
1: <laughs> oh man! Well, with, with that. <laughs> uh well, Sunday poor. It's been fun. Sixty-one. I don't know. Next time we'll do a movie one, but uh, we, we had to get a baseball one in there before uh, the season, as we get, as we try and get back into the baseball spirit, and the baseball swing of things. It's gonna be an exciting week. We got preseason baseball this weekend. Oh hell yeah! The, Can't wait. The the real deal. We'll talk. A little, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. We got the memorial this weekend. Saratoga's back, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk a little about a little bit about that on Monday. We'll do maybe a little baseball season preview. We'll sure. Do a, little, do a little prep. I might, write some numbers down. With some team names. Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove. All kinds of, yeah. all kinds of shit. That I gotta write down. And uh, I don't know. We'll figure out. Uh, yeah, maybe some over unders stuff like that. We'll see what we can do for Monday, uh, and then Thursday opening day, opening night, and uh, very exciting. Who knows where they're playing? Yeah. <laughs> Raven Stadium, if we're lucky. Let's go! go. I'm there. Uh, all right, Ant. We well, got anything else for for us before we hang up for the night? Uh, that's about it. We'll talk
0: to you next week. Baseball is on deck. Cross your fingers. Hopefully, we could uh, get started and obviously get a little bit of momentum going. And uh, that's it. Hopefully, over unders next week. Big shows next week. Yankee baseball. And that's a uh, that's a wrap.
1: See you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you. Peace. All right, my man. When was the last time you watched 61 just before this week?
0: Uh, man, I really don't know. It's been a while, I think.
1: But I, rem- yeah. I, mean, I
0: remember it pretty well.
1: Yeah, I was quoting it along as I was watching it. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not a, not a tough movie to remember. I think my fa- we didn't do quotes, but I think my favorite quote was uh, when Frick is given Maris the MVP award, and Whitey looks over <laughs> and goes, uh, "This guy died. Nobody told him."
0: Oh yeah, I always, <laughs> I always use that line. I to, use it sometimes. It's to, a great yeah. line. <laughs> it's
1: a good one. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Wow. Leave it at that. I'll talk to you. All right. You're going away this weekend?
0: Uh, Yeah, Sunday, Monday. So I probably can't record until Tuesday night. Oh, okay. All right, we'll be ready. We'll All do right. a
1: little pre-show and stuff. All right, cool. All right. I'll talk, talk to you. See you. Peace.